You're listening to the Light for Living podcast, featuring the sermons of Emmanuel Baptist Church in El Dorado, Arkansas, where Dr. Clark Whitney serves as senior pastor. Join us for verse-by-verse messages through the life-changing Word of God. Along the way, we'll also feature devotional thoughts, Bible studies, and interviews, all designed to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. If you have a Bible, I invite you to take it out and turn to the book of Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. And we're continuing our series this morning called Summer Road Trip. Last week the question was, what do you do when you don't know what to do? The question this week that we're going to look at and present to you is simply this. What do you do when you feel stuck? What do you do in life when you feel like you just can't go on? Something is impeding you from proceeding the way that you want to go. You feel like you're out of gas. You you don't know. You're broken down. And your life just feels like one sad country song. Well, the road trip um, brings back memories. I was traveling one time by myself on the interstate from Little Rock going home to Salem Springs, Arkansas, when we lived there at the time. And I was traveling in our 2015 Chevrolet Equinox. We were so proud of that car until it later broke down. And I was traveling by myself, and you may get this way if you're driving by yourself in the car. You may have on a podcast or music, or or it may just be silent, and you just let your mind drift. And when you get to the end of the drive, you, you just think, how in the world did I get there? Anybody ever done that? And so I was in my own mind just traveling along the interstate. I passed Russellville on the way to Ozark, Arkansas. When all of a sudden, my car ran out of gas. And if you know anything about that piece of interstate, you know that there's not a lot of of exits, not a lot of, of people, but a whole lot of trees and a whole lot of hills. Well, the place that I had broken down at was at the bottom of the hill heading into Ozark. And up on the hill, I could see a love's travel stop. I was so close to making it. I I was broken down. It got to be really hot because the AC went out, and I called AAA, and I asked them to come help me. And and it really uh, made me embarrassed to call my wife and tell her that I had broken down. Because usually she is the one that that rides the tank all the way to E. You see, there's only two types of people in this world. Those that that see how far they can go and then want to know how far they can go past that. And those who start filling up as soon as it gets less than half a tank. Typically, I'm that person. But on this day, I was broken down and stuck on the side of the road. Today, in Mark chapter 10, we see a story of a man who was broken down and stuck on the side of a road until Jesus came by. This is the story of blind Bartimaeus. Here's the context of this story. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem for the last time. He, he is going in to have the triumphal entry where they would wave palm branches and say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then he would be eating the last supper and, and giving his disciples their last instructions. And then he would pray in the garden and be betrayed and handed over and have a sham trial and be whipped and beaten and carry a cross and be crucified in Jerusalem. He knew the mission that he was on. To fulfill the Father's plan, he was headed to Jerusalem. And a crowd had gathered towards the end of Jesus' ministry, was traveling with him. 
And to get to Jerusalem from where Jesus was, he had to go through a town called Jericho. Now, in Bible times, there were two Jerichos. We know Joshua and the Battle of Jericho, where they marched around and the walls came tumbling down. We remember that from Sunday school. That was the old Jericho. But about two miles away from old Jericho was where the new Jericho was. It was an oasis surrounded by desert. In fact, Herod the Great had built a summer palace there, complete with swimming pools and sunken gardens. It was a sight to see. And so there was all this flourishing of material wealth in Jericho. And on the road outside of town, there was a, a blind man. And here we read a story in Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 46. If you got it, say got it. The word of God says they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many warned him to keep quiet, but he was crying out all the more, have mercy on me, son of David. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man and said to him, have courage, get up, he's calling for you. He threw off his coat, he jumped up, and he came to Jesus. Then Jesus answered him, what do you want me to do for you? Rabboni, the blind man said to him, I want to see. Jesus said to him, go your faith has saved you. Immediately he could see and began to follow Jesus on the road. Let's pray this morning. Father, we pray this morning that you would open up our blind spiritual eyes. God, that we would see the truth of your word. God, we would receive encouragement for when we feel stuck in life. Most of all, God, that your grace would encourage and enable us to follow you on the road of life. Father, we love you. ask that you make much of this time that you would increase, that we would decrease. In Jesus' name, amen. I just wonder if there's anybody here this morning that feels like they have a lot of issues. I know I do. Uh, you feel like you have so many issues in life, and just when things seem to be going great, all of a sudden life comes at you fast, to paraphrase the commercial. And all these things happen in life, and it does feel like a country song sometimes. Our dog dies, the truck breaks down. The boyfriend or girlfriend breaks up with us. We all have different issues in life. We all face difficulties. Here was a man that had a significant amount of issues. So the first thing I want us to see today is Bartimaeus's issues. And we're given this story for our own benefit. Uh, the Word of God is alive and active, and, and it can transform our lives. And everything that Jesus did that's recorded in the Holy Scriptures helps us understand him more and follow him more and love him more. Dr. Arthur T. Pearson, he said this, you think about the parables and the miracles. Every parable of Jesus was a miracle of wisdom. And every miracle of Jesus was a parable of teaching. This parable, this, this miracle is really a parable to show us what Jesus can do with a life. Here's Bartimaeus's issue. First, he had a quite obvious physical need. He was blind. He could not see. You think about 
when uh, you, you, you need glasses and you don't have them, or your contacts aren't in, or even if you have good eyesight, you wake up at night and it's pitch black. And you think about the difficulty that you have navigating around in the dark. This was Bartimaeus's everyday life. Because he was blind, he could not see. He could not have the life that, that a normal person would experience. His main obvious issue was physical sight. In that day, there was plenty of dust in the Middle East. It still is. But in that day, they were, had uh, lots of common eye diseases because of the bright sunlight as well. They didn't have an eye doctor. They couldn't go to the clinic. They didn't have glasses or contacts. He was just uh, suffering in his own blindness. And his name is very significant. There's two ways to translate his name. And I won't go into all the details of that, but I spent about an hour researching it this week because it was fascinating. And I've come to the conclusion, I, I think both translations are pretty good. It's either one or two based on the Aramaic, the original uh, language that his name's given in, as well as the Greek. Bar means son of, okay? That, that's the prefix. Timaeus means either highly prized or son of honor, or it can mean son of uncleanness. You think about that. Both kind of, of show Bartimaeus' life. A son of honor, one who is greatly and highly prized. The world looked on him as not highly prized at all, but Jesus saw him as a prize, as someone to value. The world also looked on Bartimaeus and said that he was unclean, he was an outcast. So I think both translations have a little bit of meaning in the story. So what was unclean to the world, as we're about to find out, was highly prized in Jesus' eyes. And it says they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho, talking about Jesus with his disciples and a large crowd, the Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar. Now, now here is his second problem. Not only did he have a physical issue, he had a material issue. Because he was blind, he could not work an honest day's work. And he could not provide for himself, and so he was dependent on begging on the side of the road, to pilgrims who would be traveling to Jerusalem, those who would be traveling that road, they would see him, and he would beg for financial help so that he could have the basic needs of life. So because he had a physical problem, it translated into a financial problem. Uh, you can imagine the shame and the embarrassment that he felt, not only being blind, but sitting by the side of the road begging for money. If you've ever had a, a physical affliction, you know how embarrassing, or at least you are a little self-conscious about it when you go out in public. I, I don't understand Bartimaeus's anguish fully, but I've told you about the time that I fell off the stage and broke my back. And that led to me wearing a turtle shell brace for five or six months, a, a good amount of time, four or five months. I, I, the time just, just seemed like it went forever. Every time I went to the doctor, they said, you got to keep this thing on. And so I would have to go to church and to the store and to football games and all kinds of things wearing this brace. You can see eventually I got over the stigma, but I had to wear the brace. And just as soon as I returned to church, our pastor asked me to do the announcement several times. So I had to stand up in front of all the people that knew that I fell and had this turtle shell brace on. It was quite embarrassing. Uh, if you have a physical need, uh, sometimes you don't want to be around people. But Bartimaeus needed to be around people because he needed money. Physical labor wa was mostly the norm in that day. There wasn't a desk job, so he couldn't work. And so he resorted to begging for coins 
And he probably spread out his coat as a method of people throwing the coins down as they passed by. So he had a seen need that was physical and a seen obvious need that was material, but he had a much greater unseen need. This was his spiritual need. Sometimes in life we think that our greatest needs are our physical health, and that's wonderful. Sometimes we think financial difficulty, if we could just get over the hurdle that we're experiencing, the, the problems that we have financially, we think that, that we would be set. But our greatest need in life is the spiritual need that we have for Jesus Christ. And, and Bartimaeus found that when Jesus saw his deeper need. In verse 47, the Bible says that when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many warned him to keep quiet, but he was crying out, All the more, have mercy on me, son of David. Notice how Bartimaeus, with all his issues, how he came to Jesus. And it's exactly how we can come to Jesus with whatever issue we face in life. First of all, he came to the only person that could possibly help him. The only one that could meet all three of his needs was Jesus. He, he knew that, that Jesus was a, a miracle worker, and he knew that, that Jesus could help him in some way. He came believing that Jesus could help him. He knew that, that if he would approach Jesus, that Jesus would do for him what he had heard Jesus had done for others. He acknowledged that he had a great need. Sometimes in life we want to deny our issues, and we want to think that we have it all together, and we just live a fake life, and we try to just hide our issues. But Bartimaeus acknowledged his issues, and he said, I've got some issues. I need some help. He came in desperation. He didn't know what else to do. Uh, he didn't bother himself with peer pressure. The crowd did not want him to approach Jesus, but he didn't care. He, he, he went forward anyways. He was desperate for help with his need. And he knew that Jesus could change him, and he came just as he was. Isn't that wonderful? That we can come to Jesus with all of the burdens and the issues and the problems we face in life. And we can come to Jesus just as we are. And he can forgive us. And he can cleanse us. And he can bless us. And he can change us. But he does the work. And so we don't have to come to Jesus having our act all together. We can come broken and messed up and all kinds of confused. And Jesus will begin to sort it out by his grace. I love the hymn that says this, I heard the voice of Jesus say, Come unto me and rest. Lay down, thou weary one, lay down thy head upon my breast. Listen to this. I came to Jesus as I was, weary, worn, and sad, and found in him a resting place, and he has made me glad. Come to Jesus just as you are. And so he encountered Jesus, and, and, and the, in verse 49, Jesus stopped and said, Call him. Isn't that wonderful that Jesus spoke out of the crowd? And so the crowd called the blind man and said to them, Have courage, or your version, New King James, or King James might say, Be of good cheer, that Jesus is calling for you. Get up. There was a change in his situation because Jesus had said the word. That was a reason to take heart. Even in his, his, his problems, he could have courage and be of good cheer. You know, the name of Jesus has more cheer in it than all the wonderful words of the world put together. At his name, everything changes. At least that was the case for Bartimaeus. And he threw his coat off. He wouldn't need it for begging anymore. And he jumped up in verse 50 and he came to Jesus. 
Next, I want you to see this morning is Jesus's identity. Because who he was then is who he is now. Here's what, what Jesus is and who he is. First of all, he's the Messiah. Go back to verse 47. The crowd said that Jesus was Jesus of Nazareth. And that day, there, there were common names, kind of like John and Mary or whatever we have today. And that you would be identified not necessarily by a last name, but by the place that you were from. So I, I would be known, I guess, the Clark of El Dorado. You would be known of the town you were from, and to differentiate between the people, they would attach that town to your name. So the crowd recognized that Jesus was from Nazareth. That's, that was his hometown. But Bartimaeus had a different view of who Jesus was. Instead of calling him Jesus of Nazareth, he called him Jesus, son of David. Now that may not mean much to you, but if you go back and look at all the Old Testament, there are prophecies and promises that, that God's people, Israel, would have a Messiah, someone that would come to rescue them. And the promise was is that this Messiah would come from the line of King David, the greatest of all the kings. And the expectation was is that the Messiah would come from his seed, from his generations. And so the, the name Son of David indicates that Jesus fulfilled all those prophecies. And if you go back and read Jesus' genealogy, you'll see that, that David was in there. And so when Bartimaeus said Son of David, he was recognizing that Jesus was First of all, the Messiah, the Messiah. He recognized that even though he was blind, he saw what the crowds could not see. He saw Jesus for who he really was. Undoubtedly, from the context, Bartimaeus had heard about Jesus's miracles. And Jesus performed miracles, and I believe he still does miracles today. And he does because he loves people and he cares for us. He's the great physician. But primarily in the Gospels, Jesus performed miracles to authenticate that he was the Son of God, to prove it. And perhaps Bartimaeus heard that he had healed uh, the blind and caused the mute to speak and fed the 5,000 and all these things that proved he was the Messiah. That's what Bartimaeus recognized him as. Second of all, Jesus' identity is master, master. Verse 51, Jesus answered him and said, what do you want me to do for you? It's a very interesting question. If you go back in Mark 10, you'll see that, that Jesus asked James and John, the sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder, he asked them the exact same question right before this passage. He said, what do you want me to do for you? And in their pride, James and John answered, let us sit on your right hand and your left when you come into your kingdom. But Bartimaeus didn't answer the question in pride. He answered it in humility. He said, here's my need. If I could just see. And before he made his request, he used this word, Rabboni. Now, we know rabbi is the word for a Jewish teacher. That's what it simply means. Rabboni is a stronger word that indicates master or Lord is a deeper respect, a deeper reverence for the rabbi. So when he said Rabboni, he's, he's essentially saying, this is my Lord, my master. I want to see. He called Jesus his master. He did what all of us should do when Jesus passes by. He confessed that Jesus is Lord over his situation. Whatever issue you face in life, Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. He's also the master. He's the master teacher. He'll meet you at your point of need and make you more like himself. Uh, he is Lord. And third of all, we see that, that Jesus is the miracle worker. Here's what happened. 
verse 52. Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has saved you. At the word of Jesus, all the darkness and blindness in Bartimaeus' life was gone. All of a sudden, he could see. And imagine this. The first thing that he saw was the face of Jesus. What a miracle that Jesus did for this man just by saying the words, get up. At the word that Jesus spoke, something supernatural happened. Jesus is the word. He spoke everything into existence. So to tell this blind man to see and to get up was nothing for Jesus. And then he said, your faith has saved you. This word save is in the perfect tense, the verb. It means that it's complete. It was a permanent healing. Bartimaeus would be blind no longer. But in the original language, the word save, it also means healed or saved, or restored or made whole. And so I believe that there's two meanings of the word in view. There was a physical healing and there was a spiritual saving that happened at the same time. Bartimaeus confessed with his mouth that Jesus was Lord, that he was the Christ, and he believed that Jesus had the power to fix his condition, and his faith is what unlocked his physical healing and his spiritual salvation. Jesus healed to prove he was the Son of God. But not only this, he saw the one in the crowd. He's the miracle worker. Uh, the crowd was just looking at the direction they were going. But Jesus looked down and out of the crowd saw the one that had need. More on that in a moment. So there were more blind people in the crowd. They could not see who Jesus was. Like uh, Bartimaeus was physically blind, you and I, apart from Jesus, are spiritually blind. Revelation 3 verse 17 says, Jesus speaking to the church at Laodicea, You say I'm rich, I've acquired wealth, and I do not need a thing. Does that not sound like America today? We've got all we need. We don't need you, God. With all of our, our culture, all, all of our entertainment, all of our wealth, all of our technology, we don't need you. We say, I'm rich, and you, we've acquired wealth. We do not need a thing. But, Jesus said, you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. We have physical eyes that can see, but spiritual eyes that are blind to our condition and to the, the character of our souls. And Jesus said, you can front and act like you've got everything together, but on the inside, what you can't see is that you're blind and wretched and poor and you're pitiful. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 tells us that the enemy, Satan, the God of this age, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. People who don't know Jesus are, are blinded to the truth. And the God of this age, talking about Satan, has kept them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God. Only the Holy Spirit of God can step in and supersede the power of Satan and open up spiritual eyes. You and I cannot save anybody. Yes, he's sovereign. Yes, he gives us a free will. When we get to heaven, we'll understand how that all works out. But, but faith and salvation from start to finish is a work of God. And in his sovereignty, he allows us to share the message, and he gives us a choice to accept it or reject it. But the enemy wants to blind our eyes not to see the truth of God. That's why we need to pray for the Spirit to work in people's lives, that he would open up their eyes and they would see their true condition. And so Jesus was passing by, Bartimaeus was healed, and he was saved. What a glorious day it was for Bartimaeus. He, he threw down his coat. He, he, he didn't want that to get in the way. And that day, the cloak was so heavy that they would use it sometimes to sleep at night. If you were a beggar and you lived outside, 
It was so, so heavy you could use it even as a bed. It was a big coat. And he threw it down and, and he began to follow Jesus. Last thing I want you to see today is our invitation. Our invitation. When we have issues, when we feel stuck, here's the first question we need to ask ourselves. Will you accept forgiveness? Will you accept the forgiveness of sin that Jesus Christ freely offers you? By grace, through faith, he wants to forgive you of all the things that you've done wrong against him. The greatest need that we have is Jesus. We need to be right with God. It doesn't matter our physical health or financial condition or our job or our families. None of that matters compared to our spiritual condition. And, and I've known some of the people that deal with tremendous physical afflictions that have not much money in the world's eyes, but they are secure in their identity in Christ, and that produces in them a beautiful faith and a confidence. The first step is will you accept the forgiveness? You can only be forgiven by faith in Jesus, by trusting him and what he did 2,000 years ago. Just like Bartimaeus, you, you need to come to him and say, Lord, would you help me see and help me open up my spiritual eyes so I can see what you've done for me? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You can't do enough good things. You can't fix your issues on your own. You must, by faith, accept forgiveness. Here's the next thing you must do. Will you forsake your own way? We think that everything ends when we get saved, but that's just the beginning. Bartimaeus, he, he threw off his coat, he jumped up, and he came to Jesus. He didn't want anything in his life to hold him back from following the Lord. Jesus said, whoever uh, does not forsake all he has cannot be my disciples. All that we have is just a blessing of God. And compared to Jesus, it needs to be nothing. Our love for him, our devotion, our commitment to follow him by his spirit must be the greatest thing in our life. In fact, Jesus said, whoever does not hate his father, mother, brothers, and sisters, all these things uh, cannot be my disciple. Now, Jesus is not saying to, to hate those things, but that when we compare our love for him to our love for everything else in life, everything else looks like hate. Our love for him is so greater than anything else that everything else looks like we hate it. That's a harsh word, isn't it? But Jesus knows that when we love him and we seek him first, all of our other loves and priorities in life will be put into perspective. And so will you forsake things today? I'm not saying that you've got to sell all you have, but before this passage, there was a rich young ruler. And he was not able to get over his material possessions to follow Jesus. I'm not saying that that makes you right with God, but if that's getting in the way of you following Jesus, if that's your God and you look at that for your security... You need to forsake that. It could even be your family or a friendship, your career, your talent that you may have. Whatever it is, you must be willing to forsake it to follow him. And lay everything you have at his feet and say, God, will you use this for your glory? So will you find forgiveness? Will you forsake your own way? The last question is, will you follow Jesus? Will you follow him? Bartimaeus uh, was instantly could see. Now, if I was a blind man and I could automatically see i would want to go back to jericho to check out the palace i'd want to see the pool and the garden and and all the things that i had smelled and heard and people had told me about i would want to go back there and see them with my own eyes but that's not what bartimaeus did as soon as he threw down his cloak he got up and the bible says that he followed jesus to jerusalem 
It's very significant that, that this new believer, the one who Jesus had changed, followed him to Jerusalem. Presumably that his new eyes could see Jesus come in and the triumphal entry when they waved and said, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And Bartimaeus would observe all the events of Passion Week where Jesus uh, would pray and he would be handed over to sham trials and he would be beaten and he would carry his cross and he would be nailed to the cross. Presumably Bartimaeus could see all of that with his own eyes that Jesus had healed. He could see the great love that Jesus had for him. Bartimaeus immediately began following Jesus. It's what Jesus tells us to do. He tells us to take up our cross daily and follow him. So Bartimaeus, this one whose name means son of a highly prized or son of an outcast, found a greater son in Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus was highly prized as the son of God. And when he cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was outcast by God because the Bible says he became sin who knew no sin so that in him you and I can become the righteousness of God. He took on the sin so that you could receive forgiveness. And this Bartimaeus, the son of highly prized and son of the outcast, he found a greater prize in Jesus, the one that was outcast so that Bartimaeus could be accepted. Jesus is still passing by in our lives today. Aren't you glad that Jesus is still working in lives? But no matter how dark it looks or how many issues we think pile up, Jesus wants to meet us at our point of need, and not just meet our physical and material needs, but to meet our deeper spiritual needs so that we can follow him by faith. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with a friend. We hope you'll tune back in next time to the Light for Living podcast.